Quality Files. Hey guys. Hello. You're listening to Oddity Files, the, the podcast. podcast. It's another morning show this week. It is another morning <laughs> show. But, you know, we got to do what we got to do with our crazy busy schedule. Um, we are a creepy, ghostly, spiritually, otherworldly, cryptidly podcast who tells spooky stories and we try to make them not so spooky because we're smart asses. Right. And we've always got, you know, the last word when yeah. it comes to creepy shit. Exactly. Yeah. Basically, in a bunch. So if that doesn't sound like you, find another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on all the socials at Oddity Files. So do you have anything creepy going on in your life? Um, Not necessarily. However, last week was my birthday. And so yes. we went up and we actually stayed at the Knickerbocker. Which is awesome. Episode two, I think yes. it was. Um. Which was really, really cool. Was it? Um, get this, though. Every time that we walked into our room, we got this strong aroma of, like, like old man cologne. Ooh. I swear. And no, like, room air freshener is going to smell like old man cologne. Right. But the first time we walked in there, I was like, okay, like, we checked in sort of early. Maybe the last person, like, the room was just flipped really quickly. Maybe it was granddad staying. But every time we walked in. But then it would go away. It, huh. was, it wasn't like it lingered. It was just like right as we opened the door, you'd get like hit with it and then it would go away. It's just like he was saying, hey, this is my room. Respect my rules. Right. I'm not telling you what they are. I'm just letting you smell me. Exactly. It was weird. <laughs> and, but we sent you a picture from in front of that awning thing yeah. that the girl hit. Oh, no, that actual Knickerbocker was in L.A. Oh, different Knickerbocker. Yeah, but still, oh. it's that old, and all the Knickerbockers are pretty old. Yeah. It's going to be haunted. For sure. But, yeah, it's okay. Crazy. Maybe it happened in Chicago. Maybe I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, other crazy thing, we are six months old. Oh, snap. Awesome. <laughs> we're looking good for six months old. I mean, I think so. Yeah, we're aging so well. <laughs> <laughs> we just got back from Detroit. Yes. It was awesome. One of our our friend Amanda was working with us this weekend, and mm-hmm. only the lights would go over, off over our area, off and on. Specifically your room. It was pretty dark in my room the entire time. Well, you know, I did also have, you know, Lucifer True. in my room this weekend with his fellow demon, mm-hmm. Leslie Ann Brandt. And I've decided, I've started watching Lucifer lately, because Tom Ellis is pretty, but if all demons are like Leslie Ann Brandt's character... I'm down. They're me. They're smart ass, <laughs> badass bitches. Oh, gosh. I mean, you know. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Um, but it was fun. Got yeah. to meet some new people and um I'd never been to that part of Detroit before. Oh, so me either. Cool. Yeah, it was about thirty minutes outside of the actual downtown area and it was pretty nice. Yeah, it really was. I um also in my room, right before Lucifer came in. A table collapsed just out, out of, of nowhere. Nowhere, just for absolutely no reason. So, um, I thought that was odd. All the energy, so much energy. <laughs> All of the so energy. many people. So many people. <laughs> it was great. You know, I did have something creepy beside that that I wanted to talk about. Somebody tweeted us yesterday and said, um, "How come all ghosts are in Victorian garb? How come you don't see people?" ghosts that are like hippies and and you know whatever else and it got me thinking and something I've never really talked about even with you much um I always talk about the one ghost I've ever seen was the fairy plantation girl but actually as I started thinking about this tweet yesterday when we finished our last investigation in uh Bardstown Kentucky at the jailhouse pizza We were all packed up, cameras were gone, cars were started, and I looked over at this light post. And I mentioned it that night, but I didn't want to talk too much about it because I thought it was crazy. Um, And that 
investigation was pretty intense as it was. But as we were leaving, I see a man leaned against this light post in red basketball shorts, a black t-shirt, and a baseball cap on backwards, just like yours is right now. So I don't think all ghosts are Victorian or pre-Civil War or whatever you want to call it. I didn't try to interact with him because it freaked me the fuck out. And I just kind of turned away, Hmm. looked at you guys to see if you noticed it, looked back and he was gone. But I mean, I saw colors. I saw that he was partially see-through. Whoa. Now I kind of want to go back and talk to this guy. (laughs) There was so much weird at that. I think I just kind of put that in the back of my head. For sure. Um, It was after the second time we were there? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. 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 The, The time you tried to make Walter stay. Yes. Episode three, season one, something, something like, like that, that on Amazon Prime. So check uh, it out. So I have some paranormal-ish in the news. I guess it was ish like works. a boring week for the paranormal cryptid otherworldly. Well, with the solar flares and the full moon, I don't understand solar why. Solar flares. I tell you <laughs> what. So a ton of, quote, jars of the dead have been discovered in Laos. What? Yes, so in Southeast Asia, these jars of the dead are nearly 2,000-year-old. They're 2,000 years old, and there's this mystery that's just never been solved. And they're speckled across, like, thousands of square kilometers of somewhere in Laos that I will not be able to pronounce. Yeah, of course. And no one knows what they're for. They're literally just shaped like jars, some reaching 10 feet tall. Oh, damn. And they're made out of, like, stone. No one knows exactly where they came from or even why. Local legend is that they were once used as chalices by a bunch of drunk giants. Oh, that would be fun. Right? Others think that they were used for body decomposition in, like, you know, funeral-type methods way back when. Must have a really big opening to fit bodies in there. They're pretty big. Okay. But the leading... The leading theory among archaeologists is that these jars were used for tombs in an ancient civilization. But were they empty? I guess so, yeah. Huh. Interesting. But they're just everywhere and there are these stone looking jars and there's just tons of them. I'm just stuck on the whole partying with giants thing. That sounds like a fucking blast. I would love that. Oh my god, could you imagine? <laughs> no. <laughs> Especially if those are their chalices. Yeah, These exactly. things are massive and they're stone. Plus, you know, I have this thing for tall guys, so pff, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, um, you know, besides that, apparently there's there's some, like, part of a planet floating out beyond Pluto that they discovered there's Ooh. some water on, which is exciting. How, part of a planet? Did it, like, Yeah, explode? it's like remnants of an older part of the solar system because space is complicated. So... <laughs> so complicated. I try so hard to understand it because it's oh, so gosh. interesting, but it's just way too much. I know. I tell myself, like, I want to be into it, but it's just so hard. Actually, we were listening to a podcast the other day, and they put it into comparison that the amount of outer space that we have really not investigated, but just researched. Mm-hmm. They compared it like this. If you took an eight-ounce glass and took a scoop out of the ocean, that is how much of space we've researched. And that's why space is terrifying to me. So terrifying. there's so much unknown out there. It's intriguing, yeah, terrifying, just like the paranormal. Right. <laughs> so, so scary, though. Do you see my shirt? I did see your shirt. I'm wearing some of our new merch. New merch. Kind of excited. Um, If you haven't already, people are pretty excited about it. But check out oddityfiles.com slash site slash shop. We've got some new merch on there. Stickers, tote bags, a little bit of everything. Um, Also, it's time to plug the fact that we are on Amazon Prime. Two full seasons, six episodes each. Get on there and check it out. Everybody's been telling us how much fun they're having with it. Yes. So I'm super excited about it. Also, rate, review, subscribe, and download on all the major podcast apps, but especially Apple Podcasts. The reviews and rates on there help us pop up the charts a little bit. 
and we truly appreciate it. Our friend Corey was at this uh, at Motor City with us, and we were talking about you know our, our average listener, listenership per week and things like that. And he knows more about this than I do, and he says we're doing pretty good. Yeah, that's what like really good. Yeah, I talked so to him yay. Too. I, we are so happy y'all are here. We kind of um, ran into some of our listeners this weekend. Lindsay and Victor were there and a couple others, and it was so good to see them. And I did meet a pretty big powerhouse of YouTube this weekend who does a supernatural-type vlog thing. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, she's, first of all, absolutely adorable. Her name's Alana King, and she gets, like, all these downloads on YouTube, and she wants to go ghost hunting with us at some point. She's so excited. I actually did a little interview with her. She she went on Halloween night to one of the the hotels in Chicago, and her and her friends just kind of, you know, went through the hallways for running from security guards. It's a really cute video on YouTube, but um, she's totally into this as well. Oh, and... Where does she actually live? Um, she's going to school in Chicago right now, okay. but she's from Akron-ish, Ohio. So oh, I said, okay. yeah. either way, even if we can't get it before you're done with school, because she's almost done. I mean, we're right in the middle of Ohio and Illinois. So perfect. I thought it was perfect. So definitely check her out. She is on YouTube. I need my glasses. Um, it's King Books. She's King Books on YouTube. We did do an interview with her, and we'll have that up shortly. Also, people are sad we didn't have an episode this week. But it is great that people enjoyed our episodes. I know. <laughs> so great. If you don't know what episodes are, they're just short little surprise episodes that we put out every now and then that will never be the same. Like our, our first one that we put out was just all these listener stories that we'd been meaning to share and wanting to share. And so we just kind of just sat down and read them all and then we put them out. And so we got the idea that it's kind of exciting. So you guys know that every Friday we have an episode that comes out, but these will kind of keep you on your toes. So on a surprise day, who knows how often just a little episode will pop up. And it's, it's going to be different stuff every time. It's not always going to be listener stories. I'm sure a lot of them will be because sure. we get so many great stories. And if you have one, you should send one to oddityfilescrew at Gmail so we can read it on air. We love them so much. It's, it's probably one of my favorite things about what we do. It was really cool. So my story is called The Bridgewater Triangle. I mean, we all know about the Bermuda Triangle, but there's apparently triangles all over the east coast of the United States as well. Because I was researching a different triangle. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was in Virginia, and this one's in Massachusetts. I went to search for something on Amazon Prime about this because, you know, I can only watch my own TV show so many times in a week. Um, But... Uh, this I found this. It's called the documentary is actually called the Bridgewater Triangle. So the Bridgewater Triangle is a 200 square mile radius, and it is found in southeastern Massachusetts. The Bridgewater Triangle is also the home of the Hockamock Swamp, which is so fun to say, which is where so many th- crazy things go down. The swamp, the the swamp. Because, you know, that's a word. The swamp has been a hotbed for cryptic sightings. Really? And not just one cryptic, but multiple kinds oh, of gosh. cryptids. I'm ready. Like, I mean, most of the damn cryptids. <laughs> so from thunderbirds to snakes bigger than I ever even care to think about, to cats the size of large breed dogs, to ravenous red-eyed dogs, to, you guessed it, my sweet, cuddly, dear homie, Bigfoot. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> In 2003, Lauren Coleman actually opened a cryptid, cryptozoology museum in Portland, Maine, after he had researched the information about this triangle. Okay. So I'm just going to kind of hit – I mean, this has been going on since pre-colonization. Yeah. Weird stuff. Um they kind of think it might have to do with Indian, not Indian burial ground, but Indian deaths. Um, but here's our, here are things that are actually documented. In 1970, state police in the area were tracking what they thought was a bear, only to come to the realization that it was actually a Sasquatch. And this is confer- a confirmed sighting 
by law, several law enforcement. Confirmed. Yes. I need pictures. Right. Exactly. Well, 1970, cameras weren't so handy. Um, Coleman had actually interviewed one of the officers who claims that the Bigfoot had walked up to the back of his police car, lifted it up from behind and terrified the officer. They didn't get too much in it. I want to know how that it made it back down if the guy got out or if he was right. just like in the f- fetal position. In I the mean, front if something seat. picked up my car, though, I don't think I would get out. Truth. Yeah. I'd want to. I mean, was it dark? I don't know. I need more people. I'm just saying. Um, In the 70s, also, some children were playing outside in the Hackamock Swamp area while it was frozen. While the kids were playing, they hear one of the other kids in the group screaming. The children all look that way, and another child screams out, There's a huge hairy man. (laughs) Which I wish I could have been there for that. The kids scattered like cockroaches when you turn the lights on um, and all just went back home. Now, ap- upon meeting on the school bus the following Monday, all the kids verified that they had all seen the same thing. Whoa. Why did Bigfoot just kind of pop out in the 70s? Or what? There's not a lot that I've heard Before prior that. to I know. the 70s. We should look into that sometime. Or if you know, oddityfilescrew at gmail.com, let us know what. how did Bigfoot come to be, the inception yeah. of Bigfoot. Well, I guess it was that photo that was the taken. Famous or, one? Yeah, that was taken in the seventies. I bet that was it. I'm just guessing. I'm not an expert. Okay, in the early eighties, a fur trapper claims to have seen the elusive one as well. Um, there was even a, a write up about his story in the Boston Herald. Hmm. He claimed to be follow. He was in a. He was a fur trapper, and he was out in like a little canoe in the swamp area and he he swears he was followed by a large being. He said it was like large humanish size. He couldn't really see it because it was dark, but the thing reeked of skunk and dirt. Huh. Which makes sense. It does make sense. Because I mean, you can see sweet little Bigfoot going up to a skunk wanting to play <laughs> and then being sprayed and then you know you're stuck with that stench forever. I love how innocent and welcoming you portray Bigfoot. Oh, he just wants to hug. Just That's play with a skunk. Just Yep, exactly. Kind of like Bambi. Uh, <laughs> He's the big Bambi. <laughs> um, but but skunk and dirt make sense. When people always say it just smells terrible, that makes all the it sense. It would make a lot of sense. But uh, I can't also imagine something this large and hairy smelling good. No. Because it just lives outside all the time. Another thing they mentioned in this documentary is that a lot of them like to hang out near fresh bodies of water, which I hadn't heard before. Oh. I mean, they they have to drink. Lake Monroe. God, I hope so. One of these days. Oh, that April Hear Fool's me. article. I know. Still Hear me flying me by on the, the sea dew going, holy shit, did you see that? And I'll be like, no, you were going 50 miles an hour. Oh, <laughs> uh, And another local who claims to have seen the big hairy dude later went on to form the Bridgewater Triangle Expedition Team in 1985. Wow. He took it legit and gave it a name. Now, the guy, I'm not sure. I This guy was weird. Uh-oh. Just putting that out there. Um, the BTET made several trips into the area armed with rifles and cameras, only to never see the big guy again. Oh, gosh. I know. The group eventually disbanded due to lack of interest. So this guy explains his experience with Bigfoot as he walks out with this other dude. And he just gets this sense to turn around. For some reason, out loud, he says, why? And then he hears a voice answer him. Just trust me and look. Not the other guy that's with him. A different voice. Okay. He swears he doesn't hear voices all the time. I'm not buying it. But he turned around and looked, and across the lake, there he was, our big guy. What? Still, I didn't trust this guy at all. He's been on all the news stations, blah, blah. Yeah, I think he's just an attention whore. Yep. Putting it out there. It's a fame. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in 1971, Norton Police Sergeant Thomas Downey claims to have seen a bird in the sky with a 12-foot wingspan while traveling in his vehicle in nearby Mansfield. And this story was reported in the same time span as several other reports of Mothman in the area. Or Thunderbird. Exactly. <laughs> I'm wondering if they're one and the same. Mothman and Thunderbird? Yeah. 
It's all about the ginormous wingspan. Okay. Since the report was filed by Downey, he's refused multiple requests for interviews. I'm thinking he's more legit. Okay. Um, And the fact that he told the story once, doesn't want to talk about it anymore, almost adds validity to the story for me. In the 1930s, there were several workers in the swamp who claimed to have seen snakes that were as big around as stovepipes. And just even thinking about it, I have the heebie-jeebies. I mean, that's 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 like Amazon. Not 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 .com, but Amazon, the rainforest size. Not Massachusetts. Not Massachusetts. Um, So I'm glad I didn't run across this motherfucker. Um, (laughs) Right. Hell no. Um, then there is the Mansfield mystery cat. Ooh, cat? Cat. Ooh. Who was spotted around the swamp region in 1993. Okay. It's described as a tan cat the size of a Great Dane. Oh. Which is like horse size, mini like horse size. A puma? I, uh, I don't know. They did end up finding, <clears throat> excuse me, they did end up finding the remains of like a an exotic cat. A headless exotic cat, so Sasquatch must have been hungry, Um, but it was much, much The same Sasquatch that wants to play with a skunk also wants to rip the head off of a... Cats are demons, so, you know, he's just clearing the world of those. I'm sorry, those of you who like cats, I'm deathly allergic, and I'm glad I didn't come across this thing because my allergies would have killed me. So... There was only like that one spotting of the cat. And then we're on to ravenous, bloodthirsty dogs are next up on the list of insane spottings in the Bridgewater Triangle. In 1975, police were on the hunt for a large black dog that ripped open the throats of two ponies. Oh my gosh. Yes. And when the owner of the two ponies caught the tail end of this going down, the dog towered over the ponies. The police received hundreds of reports of this dog stalking the area for three days. And even though a team of police officers searched for this dog for days, it was never found. No way. Crazy. And I, there's something about red glowing eyes, but I, I didn't chop that down. <laughs> Always red glowing eyes. Yeah. <laughs> in the 1990s... Um, this one's very interesting. Okay, so in the 90s, William Russo was walking his Rottweiler mixed dog after getting off the midnight shift. Sammy the dog starts shaking like a leaf all of a sudden in the middle of this walk. Russo was confused and concerned and stopping in his tracks, he hears something in the distance. It's a high-pitched but yet very deep like enunciation of Iwanchu. Iwanchu. Then it goes Kia. Kia. Then Russo claims to see a creature of sorts walk into the the light of the street light that he was standing at. So he couldn't really see outside of that lit up area. Um, it was about four feet tall. It's actually adorable. It had a pot belly. And when he walked when it walked closer, he noticed that it wasn't wearing any clothes, but was covered in hair that was maybe three to four inches long. Wait, have we talked about this before? Not that I'm aware of. Have you met this thing? I, I've definitely heard of this thing. Yeah? Lore. Lore. Oh, gotcha. Damn it. Sorry, guys. I didn't know I was stealing your thunder. Um, the face resembled a chipmunk. And from the size of it, he thought it was a child at first. Right. But the vibes he got from it, that it was an older and wiser being. It kept saying, I want you, Kia, holding out its hand like it was trying to. I would go and punt it. I don't know what I would do. I, I mean, the face of a chipmunk and a pop belly, I'd be like, oh. No, you puppy. would not. <laughs> um, it wasn't aggressive in any way. Yet. Russo thinks it was trying to speak English. And what it was trying to say is, we want you instead of e want you and come here or come here instead of Kia. So e want you, Kia, we want you, come here. No. Well, aside from uh, 
and, and that's pretty much it. He got scared. He ran away. And I mean, I get it. I do. But what is this? Is it an alien? Is it like Sasquatch's distant cousin? I think he just wanted a hug. Um, I don't. <laughs> but it was trying so hard to speak English. I think it's adorable. I'm thinking of the little things from Harry Potter. Not the house elves. But the little things with the wings that fly around just like torment everyone. Oh. <laughs> I can't remember what they're called. That's what I have in my mind. Yeah, that sounds about right. There, they, uh, there was a drawing of it in the documentary. I'll have to see if I can find it online. It was adorable. Little I pop bet. belly, little chipmunk face. Okay. So aside from the cryptic sightings, humans have also died due to mysterious circumstances. Jeez. Or at least one has. In the uh, ni- in 1916, Brockton residents Eva- Evelyn Packard planned a canoe trip in the Hackamock Swamp, and according to the medical examiner, ended up drowning at- accidentally. But after a 200-person search to find the young lady, um, it led the townspeople to find what is now called Solitude Rock they had never seen before with a poem etched on it beautifully. Like it was, it was almost like stamped on there. And the poem reads all ye who in future days walk by Nuncasset stream, love not him who humbled his lay cheerful to the parting beam, but the beauty that the wooed in this quiet solitude. It made much more sense when they read it. All ye, <laughs> all ye in future days, walk by the Nuncasset stream. Love not him who hummed his lay, cheerful to the parting beam, but the beauty that he wooed in this quiet solitude. And they call it Solitude Rock. Huh. Nobody knows who carved it. Whoa. It's in English, so it wasn't Native Americans. But I mean, this is also near... Like it's in Massachusetts, so that's where this, the settlers, settlers would have been. Also, Lake Nip Nipinicket, maybe they called it Lake Nip. After that, is a large lake within the swamp, and at its at its deepest point is only eight foot deep. Oh, yeah, but it's also a spot that has claimed many lives due to drownings and boat accidents. <sighs> But you, you don't have any, like, speed boats on there because it's only so eight shallow. foot deep. It looked like it was, like, only John boats, like fishing boats with a little teeny right. tiny motor and a lot of canoes on there. Makes sense. Also, there's an island in the middle of this lake okay. that has, like, orange monkeys that people see from time to time. In Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. Okay. Interesting. Also, there's a – people have spotted a phantom fire in the middle of the lake. From time to time. So just what? weird shit. Yeah. Is there something in the water? I don't, I, yeah, could be. <laughs> that might be our explanation. <laughs> um, also within the triangle is the Rhineham Tonton dog track, which is known for spiritual activity. These There is said to be glowing balls of light that seem to just be floating down the abandoned train track behind the dog track. Locals call them spook lights. Some people claim that they're probably just balls of gas, swamp gas. Others say that they're intelligent and will turn colors and dance around and, and like kind of play with you a little bit and then just go away. This whole town is crazy. It's 200 square miles. It's in the shape this of a This whole area is yeah. crazy. It's nuts. Um, and this is all just the swamp area. Yeah. Pretty much right here. The rest of the triangle is riddled with UFO sightings. Mainly in the 70s, even news reporters Steve Brachia and Jerry Lopez had witnessed these UFO sightings and after a week's time realized they weren't the only ones who had witnessed it. But several others in the community had seen it as well, which prompted the reporters to go public with their account. And everybody describes it as it was the shape of like home plate in like baseball and softball with just like a spotlight on the front of it. Um, the UFO was described as being 300 feet in the air and two football fields large. Whoa. Yeah. Ginormous. And it has like this quiet hum in the back of it that they could only assume would be 
what's two football fields. That's ginormous, ginormous, and that's fucking terrifying. That's that's Independence Day. Yeah, yeah. Now it was the seventies, and isn't that about the same time that Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out? I'm not sure. Which is okay. You've got all these horror gore movies; those scare me, but nothing has ever. Not even Poltergeist has scared me like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Really? Yeah, because I was probably like eight or nine at the time. It's just terrifying. Just oh, I I just wrote my mouth a little bit. That's how scary it is for me. So UFO sightings are still being accounted to this day, and then we're halfway through the the documentary at this point. Oh my gosh! Andrew Lake comes on. Okay, he's the founder of Greenville Paranormal. He, and he's in his Mr. Rogers sweater and monotone voice and lack of storytelling abilities. Uh-oh. And I either had to turn it off or I would have found sick puppies and kicked them. <laughs> or not demon puppies, cute puppies. Let's say cute puppies. It was terrible. And all the hauntings were, you know, your standard. Oh, this old house is haunted and right. this, that, and the other. It's, what The rest of the documentary was fantastic. All the personal accounts. I love those kind of interviews. Why do you put this motherfucker on? Just killed the vibe. Talking like this, and in it, it, not even just a Mister Rogers sweater, a tan Mister Rogers sweater with a tan shirt on. And he was terrible. I'm not trying to start drama. Just documentary people pick. There are way better paranormal investigators out <laughs> there to interview. Just putting it out there. But that's a little bit of the Bridgewater Triangle. Well, I want to go. I know it's kind of like. Um, Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, exactly. But in Massachusetts, which and is one of my favorite places. A little swampy. It's just a scotch swampy. <laughs> what part of the st- I mean, Massachusetts, it's not a large state. What part of the state did they say that it's was? It's like the southeastern end of it. I had it in there. Oh, southeastern Massachusetts. Absolutely. Huh. I had some other stuff in there that I took out. I'm like, this, this is not interesting. But those cryptids, though. Those cryptids. Mm. They get me. Every time. So what is your story about? Sorry, I just stretch. So I was looking for another object, a haunted object. I love those. But more so came across a cursed object. Ooh. But it's not limited to one. Oh. Have you heard of the crying boy painting? Yes. So back in the 1980s, a huge number of Brits believed Mm -hmm. that this crying boy painting was cursed. So this terrified, and I said it's a little tacky looking, um, (laughs) crying boy painting was cursed. And these families were ripping it off their walls. And thousands of paintings were actually destroyed in a mass communal bonfire. Oh, shit. I'm not sure why so many people had this, but they did. The painting, along with other similar ones of children crying, were done by an Italian artist, Bruno Amadio, under the name Giovanni Bragolin. Oh, because he needed a stage name to paint? I guess so. Maybe it was easier to sign on the painting. Oh, could be. And they they legit look like yard sale paintings. Absolutely. Yeah. The prints were mass-produced and widely sold throughout the UK. On September 4th, 1985, a British newspaper, The Sun, published a story about a couple, Ron and May Hall, whose house had burned down due to a fire which started in a chip pan. The painting of the crying boy remained completely untouched. What? While everything else was charred ruins. And so the couple, of course, blamed the fire on the painting. As one would. But it is odd. What's a chip bucket? A chip pan? I don't know. That's just what it said. Oh, any said the cost you out it. there in the UK, let us know. So a fire station officer, Alan Wilkinson, said he knew of numerous other cases where this painting was the only object left in out-of-house fires. What? A photo accompanying the story shows the crying boy painting and the caption, Tears for Fears, the portrait that firemen claim is cursed. Shout. Shout. Sorry, that's Tears for Fears of the band. Go ahead. (laughs) So there aren't actually any records of the firemen saying or calling or using the word cursed. Yeah. But essentially, this whole legend was born. Well, I mean, I get it. If that's all that's left. Oh, absolutely. Left. <laughs> and numerous times, yeah. like, houses are demolished, but this damn painting 
So the next the next next day, the Sun ran a follow up story saying they'd been flooded by calls from horrified readers because they're like, "I have this painting, <laughs> take it." Yes. And so one said that her house burned down just six months after she bought the painting. She said everything in her house was destroyed except the one of the crying boy. Another reader said that <laughs> this is terrible. Her son had caught his private parts on a hook the day after Ooh, she bought the crying boy painting. Shit. Ow. Out. The third claimed that her husband and three sons all had died since she bought the painting. Tragedy. Maybe that crying boy wants to be the only child. I guess so. <laughs> so when another house displaying a crying boy painting burnt down, panic grew. Yeah. A story about the fire had a had a spokesperson claiming that there was no cause for alarm, but adding these incidents are in fact coming more frequent. No There's shit. no reason to be alarmed, but stop buying these paintings, people. Seriously. <laughs> so the sun, of course, they're just getting all this they're just getting all this attention, right? So they're thrilled. They offered to take paintings off people's hands. Well, that's sweet, but watch yourselves. Soon, their offices were stacked with over 2,500 prints of this crime oh, boy fuck. painting. They were eventually burnt in a gigantic bonfire. Um, yeah. So the rumors of this painting have since lived on. And a story spread that the crying boy was a Spanish street urchin called Don Bonillo, whose parents had died in a fire. This is now the legend that people okay. are creating behind the boy in okay. the painting. The creepy pasta, if you will. So, and no one wanted to take him in because wherever he stayed, fires would start. An artist painted him, but then the artist's studio was destroyed in a fire. Of course. Years later, an unidentified body was found inside the charred ruins of a car. The name on the driver's license was... Don Bonillo. What? Right. Did he take in this child? Or well, he just painted him? So the child is just a legend that people have created. Oh, okay. We're n- okay. Yes. Gotcha. That now that they've put behind why the painting's the only thing that's left. Because nobody has an explanation. So they're just going to make shit up. That's how humanity um, yes, works. The world. <laughs> so. Now, fast forward, in 2010, a BBC radio presenter, Steve Punt, attempted to burn the crying boy on his show. Rating? Maybe it was Sweeps Week. I don't know. (laughs) So the attempt was filmed and put on YouTube. Punt tried to set fire to the painting, but flames would not spread. Huh. So they did some, like, testing on it and concluded that the painting... When produced, was covered in some side of fire retardant coating. Of course, it was. Which explains a lot. Everything. Right. So, Punt finished the show by saying that he would leave the painting, still leave it out on his porch, that he wasn't going to bring it inside. Well, you know, you can't be too careful. Right. But even today, people still believe in the curse of the crying boy. Dr. David Clark from Sheffield Hallam University wrote in an article about the legend just a few years ago. And he was flooded with people begging them to take it off their hands. So people are still terrified of this painting. So how did the sun get them all to burn if they're covered in fire? Maybe they just threw gasoline on it. Well, and that's what I was wondering, too, because they said that they had tons of them in a giant fire. I thought the exact same thing. Yeah. but Because you would think like the heat and intensity of a house fire would just... Take it down if a if a like a big giant bonfire could take them down. Who knows? Well, I mean, I watch a lot of police shows. And I think if you throw enough gasoline on it, it would Anything go. Will burn. Yeah. yeah. So one reader. So after that, you know, came out that it was covered in this fire retardant. Yeah. This reader submitted the story to Doctor Clark and said that he just cleared his mother's house in which he found a crying boy painting. And wrote to say that my wife will not let the picture come in our house. I have to hang it in the garden shed next to a fire extinguisher. (laughs) (laughs) But he doesn't want to get rid of it. So Doesn't want to get rid of it. Um, There were a lot of other stories. Someone saying, my mom has this picture, but they said that they heard about the curse and they hang it in a cupboard facing the wall so no one looks at it. Because they believe if if they get rid of it, something bad will also happen to them. 
I think this one works the exact opposite of that, but you know, whatever makes you happy. I agree. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just crazy because I had heard of The Crying Boy and I'd yeah. seen it. And actually when I did the other haunted painting. That's what I thought you were going to talk about was this one. Yeah. So the other, the hands that resist them, mm-hmm. that's like one actual painting. This is just- Even the prints. Just the prints all- but it makes so much sense because whatever company was producing them are actually pretty smart. Yeah. And they just covered it in a fire retardant. But oh, this legend grew because of the newspaper story. And now you have this curse that's you know, actually mass hysteria is always good entertainment for the fire newspapers. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Hilarious. I, love it so much. I mean, if you look at the painting though, it is this chubby looking, like Gerber ish looking baby. With these massive crocodile tears. Oh, yeah. Like massive crocodile tears. And that's why I found it tacky. I was like, okay, no one's tears look like that. Yep. Let me see. Yep, literally. Like it it looks like icing is running down his face. It's like you immediately want to pout with the kid. Right. But imagine being devastated because your house had just burned down. You're going through stuff and there's this perfectly preserved painting. Oh, no, it would freak me the fuck out. I'd be terrified. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of artwork, did you see I, I hung the new 13th floor piece up oh, here in the podcast dungeon? I did not, but now I do. Yeah. So you guys uh, search out Billy Ludwig. He's 13th floor. What I have is um, one of his – he's got this new line of mixed media where um, they're like one of a kind. I'm a huge fan of Billy. Um, I mean, I bought and I paid for this. It's not a plug, I swear. Right. Billy's just really good people. Um, it's, we'll post a picture of it on the Instagram stories as Jimmy does so well. It's two Siamese twins that are joined at like the pelvis and they're just kind of looking at each other. It's weird and not creepy, but a little bit weird. Um, but funny story behind it as well. Yeah. It's creepy for the podcast dungeon, but I also have twins that are like 23 now, almost 24. And when I was in for the ultrasound, they're like, oh, by the way, you're having twins. And, you know, I almost had a heart attack and this, that, and the other. But the first thing I asked them was, are they Siamese twins? Oh, my They're like, no, 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 it's a boy and a girl. That's a whole different thing. We're good to go. But that's that's my mindset is, what is the worst that could come from this? Right. Um, But, yeah, so it's got a little hidden meaning to me as well. And. Carter is one of those twins if you watch Amazon, uh, Oddity Files on Amazon. We do need to plug those stories, though, with DJ Jimmy on Instagram. So if you want to see pictures of anything we just talked about on here, head on over to Instagram. We're at Oddity Files. And we even have past episodes on there as well. If you check out the highlights on our page, he lists them really nicely by episode. Let's say you're looking for episode 13. Click on that one as you're listening, and he'll go through and, and post fun tidbits and pictures and stuff yeah, like that. They're all time-stamped and everything, yeah, so you know exactly where they came from and what they mean. Um, and again, 13th Floor does not at all like sponsor, sponsor us, us whatsoever. They just have some really cool stuff. My personal favorite, they do these World War II Star Wars mashup. They're so And amazing. they look like actual photos taken during World War II because they, they are, but they've like Photoshop, like an ad at in the background. In, yeah, like a Tie Fighter coming across, like a World War II dogfight scene with a you know traditional plane and an X-wing or something. It's yeah, just, gets all my all of my interest exactly. All in one. Yeah, he's got some neat alien and spaceship stuff. He's just super yeah. talented with a a weird little mind like my own. Uh, but we we saw him at Motor City. This past weekend, and I picked it up there. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you talked to someone this past week, I right? did. Actually, on the drive up to Motor City, I gave um, our good friend Cooper Andrews yeah. a call. We've been meaning to get together so he could tell me his paranormal story. For those of you that don't know, Cooper Andrews is known as Jerry on The Walking Dead. He's a fan favorite. He gives the best freaking hugs on the face of the planet. But he was also recently in the new movie Shazam. Shazam, yeah. Have you seen it yet? I have not. He is amazing. He plays a foster father. And I literally wanted to hug him the whole time. So here is Mr. Andrew's personal paranormal story. So 
I was I was 13 years old, and I was living. We were living in this apartment because a tornado had torn through uh, our entire neighborhood. So, oh, so yeah. So I got used to sleeping on the couch a lot during this time. And our uh, I had an aunt who or aunt. I, don't, I say aunt, but I had an I aunt. <laughs> um, she who was uh, around ninety five, ninety five, ninety six, and I hadn't seen this woman in in years at this point. Um, uh, aunt Barry, uh, and I hadn't seen her in years. And one night on that couch, I just uh, I had a dream about her. And she was, you know, she was showing me around where she where she lived, uh-huh. and showing me photos of her, of her husband and her and her son, and she was talking, but I couldn't make out what was being said. Does that make sense? I just understood yeah. what was being said, but it like I didn't hear words. Um, and you know, just going through this whole history because she, you know, she, uh, you know, she, you know, she was in Europe during World War Two, and she had to, you know, hide her. You know, hide her husband's uh, body under a bed for uh, two weeks. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. Uh, just it was just a lot of. She just went through. She just had a a really hard life. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like a, it's a under under phrasing, underselling of that yeah. of that term. But <laughs> um, it was it, you know it was rough for her. So she's you know she's sharing you know she's sharing these photos and and these images. I'm just getting like this. I'm just getting this feeling like she's like, she's talking about them in a way as if she's about to meet them. Anyway, I wake up and, uh, later that day, that's when my mom tells me that Aunt Barry had passed. Um, she had died. She had died that night. Um, and keep in mind, I haven't, I haven't thought about her. Um, you know, I'm 13 and, you know, super self-involved, but it was, uh, I hadn't thought about her in a very, very long time. Um, and then I didn't think about her that day. It was, it was, I always remember this so clearly because I just remember it being from like from nowhere. Um, just out of the blue, just out of the blue, completely out of the blue. So I, I just, I know it, I was like, I really felt that was her. I don't know why I would have had that. I always try to be rational with, yeah. you know, I'm, I think, I think we all are, but the, you know, I'm trying to be rational. I'm like, okay, well, did, did, did I see something that may have reminded me of her that day? Did I have it? But there was nothing there, and there was nothing there at all from that. And uh, and then her just, you know, having this, you know, this silent conversation with me. Yeah, um, it's almost like you were very special to her, and she had to say goodbye to you. It it felt that way. It just felt, you know, and it's... You've seen her in a while. Maybe you just left a mark on her, and she just wanted you to know. Yeah, yeah, it, no, it does sound silly. I because honestly, though, I mean, I think me, I think my story. If I didn't like, if I truly didn't believe there was something else up, I would think my story is silly. But it's, it's, uh, it. But I do feel that. Yeah, I definitely feel that because it's. I don't. Know, I do. I do feel like that. Even as we go, I don't know. It's like energy gets destroyed. We, there's so much we don't know, and I want to know it. And maybe, hey. she, yeah, maybe Aunt Barry knows it now. Maybe she knows what's maybe, going on. Maybe she'll come back and tell you the whole story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make it make sense. Um, but yeah, so since then, I've always been like up to the. I've always like. Uh, I guess I call them horror movie roles. Uh, yeah. My friends and I do, but I don't. It's, it's just sort of those like if you hear a noise. I'm not going to check it. I'm leaving. Like, <laughs> See, I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, what was that? I have to find it now. <laughs> so you and I probably should not go ghost hunting together. Then. Which is a great thing because I feel like we should. And I think that would be a, that would be definitely awesome. Um, and I'm going to do a, a slight silent plug because there's nothing there yet, but um, I am working on a, a uh, I got with a friend of mine, and uh, we're starting this. Uh, uh, we're writing this project together. Um, Ooh. Uh, that deals with a lot of it, and it's a. Uh, it's sort of like an end of the world kind of comedy, um, and there's oh, a lot. Of, I'm uh, in. Yeah. Can't it's, wait. Uh, yeah. So it's gonna be kind of fun. So we just started. Uh, started working on that um, a while ago. So we're. 
Yeah. Whoa, that's insane. Yeah. I always, one, I'm overly intrigued by dreams in general. Mm -hmm. So that whole thing just, I wish there was like DVR for dreams first off. Oh, you and me both. Um, But like some, I would never want other people to watch because they would think I was absolutely crazy. Oh, legitimately. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thanks so much, Cooper, for being on the show. I miss your face. I hope we get to see you soon. Um, But if you guys... Uh, check him out on The Walking Dead. I have a feeling a bunch of you listen to, I, I mean, watch The Walking Dead. And like he said in the beginning, they are filming season 10 right now and he is sweating his ass off. I do not, do not envy that man Hot at all. Atlanta. Yeah. But that's crazy. That's, again, like she said, Cooper, thank you so, so much. You know we love you, but um, that's, that's crazy. I know. Thank you. Hey, you guys, if you have stories, um, send it to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Follow us on all the social sites, especially our um, little Facebook fan group. All of a sudden, we have all kinds of people want to be I know. I saw that, that, too. I was like, It was oh, kind cool. of fun. So check us out on there. We're on, like, everything except Snapchat because I, I don't get that whole thing. I tried <laughs> it for a hot minute, and it's just a lot of work. They updated it, and it's never been the same. Yeah, that's when I pretty much said I'm done. Um, we have two seasons on Amazon Prime. Check us out. Add us to your watch list. Even if you don't have Amazon Prime, the seasons are like five bucks each. So it's you've you've got it forever after that. I feel like I'm forgetting something. We've got new merch on the website. It is oddityfiles.com slash site slash sop slash sop. What the fuck? Slash shop. Also, we've got a contest that's just about to end for this month. Oh, yeah, it is. So hurry up and get on and uh, post a review for us on Apple Podcasts. When you do that, go ahead and send us an email at oddityfilescrew at Gmail with your username on Apple Podcasts. We're going to throw you all in a drawing and um, send you some cool stuff. Yeah, because that's what we do. But like she said, rate, review, subscribe. That's how... People find us. That's how people see us. And, you know, we are only six months old, so we're, yeah. we're still trying to get our name out there and get people to listen. Uh, don't forget, I know it's a few months down the road, but Hunt the Town in Crown Point, Indiana. We are going to be doing a live podcast up there and then helping do some investigating around Crown Point is one of our favorite places to investigate Absolutely. the Crown Point Jail. But just that town in general is just historic. Yes, and um, it's September 28th of this year from 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. And if you search Facebook for Hunt the Town Crown Point, it's got links on there where you can buy tickets. They're about to announce a – I mean – we're a big deal. Just <laughs> kidding. I don't mean it at all. But they're really they're about to announce a pretty big guest. There. Oh, awesome. So you want to get on that. And tickets do sell out. They just had their first event in Antioch this past weekend. Completely sold out. That's so great. Yeah. So we want to see, see you there. Absolutely. And thank you guys. I know I say it all the time, but we are eternally grateful for you guys just listening and sharing our posts and it means the world to us and keep it up we see it we love you for it and weird is a new cool bye